He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. And I'm one. Well, great news today. First, my wife Eileen is getting out of rehab. She had a stroke four months ago and it's been a hard slog, but she comes home next week. So yay and good. And thank you for your prayers, those of you who have been helpful. Um, The other piece of good news is that I am now flatly predicting that Donald J. Trump will be the next president of the United States, unless uh, Kamala Harris beats him to it because Biden dies or is thrown out under the 25th Amendment. Uh, So those people who go walk around saying Trump is number 45, 45th president, are going to have to change their story and say Trump is 45 and 47, uh, because he'll have two numbers. When Grover Cleveland was elected to a first term in uh, 17... 1884, uh, he became the 22nd president. Then he lost, then he was reelected in 1880, in 1892, and that made him the 24th president. So Cleveland was the 22nd and 24th president, and Trump is going to be the 45th and 47th president. We'll tell you a little bit, bit more about why in a minute. To understand why we're going to rock him and why Trump will win, you got to face a reality that is obvious, but the media and the pundits aren't embracing it. This is not one election in 24. This is going to be two elections in 2024. The first will be the Republican primaries, and the second will be the general election. And Trump absolutely cannot lose the Republican primary. He's clearly going to run. Everybody who knows him says that, and he hasn't said as much to me, but he's implied it, and we've worked together on his campaign strategy and for 24. And he's clearly going to run. And if Donald Trump is on the primary ballot, he is going to win, period. Uh, at the moment, John McLaughlin, his pollster, put 15 candidates into a race with Trump, and Trump got 65% of the vote, and the second-place guy was DeSantis, who got 9% of the vote, and everybody else was in lower single digits. Uh, Donald Trump, could he once said he could murder somebody on Fifth Avenue and get elected. Well, he's right. And uh, he absolutely could go – could have anything. This guy could win from jail. You know, if he's indicted and convicted even on bogus charges that could conceivably happen, he'll get elected. He'll get the nomination. It's a done deal. There has never been a more committed and more extensive committed voter base than Donald Trump has right now based on his very solid achievements in office. And based on the opposite, Biden's total screw-up in office – and how bad things have gotten under Biden, anybody who wins that nomination of the Republican Party is a shoo-in in the 24 election. This will not even be very close. Uh, Biden cannot possibly get reelected, nor can Harris, uh, because they've, they've just so totally messed up their politics. 
when you run, want to run an issue against somebody and defeat them, there are a couple of prerequisites you got to meet. <clears throat> First, there has to be one where your your position is popular and theirs is not. Uh, secondly, it has to be one where uh, where people believe that it that the problem is very serious. But then the other three criteria are very important. First, you have to make clear that the other guy is responsible for the problem. Secondly, you have to believe, people have to come to believe that you will do better. And thirdly, you have to stop your opponent from shifting his position so you'll no longer get a clear shot at him. Biden flunks on all three of those. Everybody realizes that this trifecta of issues, crime, immigration, and inflation, is Biden's fault because it didn't happen before he became president. There was less than 2% inflation. Now it's running up to 10. Uh, there were 150,000 illegal border crossings in 2020. This year, so far, they're on pace for 3 million. And, uh, the, uh, and, and the, uh, crime situation was much, much better. Uh, something like uh, half the murders. Uh, crime, violent crime is up 25% in the four months that Biden's been president. So everybody has to agree that it's Biden's fault. And how do we know Trump will do better? He did. In all of those areas, immigrant, legal immigration was minuscule, inflation was nothing, and, uh, and, uh, the the whole landscape on these issues uh, was totally different when Trump was president. And thirdly, Biden can't change his positions on these issues, nor could Harris. If Biden suddenly announces a border crackdown on illegal immigrants, his base will go crazy. They'll kill, kill him. They'll crucify him. If he suddenly announces that he's increasing funding for police and that he wants police to get tough, uh, his base will walk out on him. Uh, he... He, he can't, he, he can't even get by without additional taxes. Uh, his base is killing him in the Congress. So all three of those conditions are met. Every, there are major problems and everyone knows that Biden's fault, that Trump did much better when he was in office and Biden has no flexibility because his base won't let him flake on those positions. Therefore, I believe that Biden is dead. I think the Democrats have no chance in 24. They're making it worse by the day. And Trump is going to get that nomination. And two and two equals four. So that's my case. Um, now, let's to, let's go to uh, Johnny in the Bronx, who says Trump is revving up for the race. Hey, Johnny, you bet he is. All right. It's great to speak to you, Mr. Morris. Good to talk to you. Two of the greatest political strategic minds are now having a conversation well, the thing is, I mean, you're a am I the guy. other one? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks. <laughs> What's go, up there? go ahead, Johnny. Sure. Um, the thing is, um, I mean, you're smart. You're talking on the radio. You're becoming a good host too. Um, the thing is, it's too early to predict four years out. We do know where the trend is going. We understand that stuff, but obviously, too early. But you got to remember something that the country has to remember now. The uh, 65 Immigration Act, which was enacted by the Congress, signed by Lyndon Johnson, has rebuilt the hard left in the country. Democratic Party nationally is now 40 percent white. We know what the stats are. The thing is, I would say that Tlaib and Omar would would sprint and jump into the arms of 
all the people who support legal immigration kiss them smack on yeah. the lips because they're the ones who give them all the power. Look yeah. what's look what's coming out. Well, Johnny, let me. No bail let, law, laws. Let me let me get a word in here as the other political expert you cited. Uh, I think that that uh, obviously they can be major changes. Look at COVID. Nobody anticipated that, and it totally changed everything. But. There are certain, but the, but the personalities we're dealing with, Trump and Bi- and uh, Biden and Harris, are so well defined with the American people, and the initiatives of this crazy left wing administration are so clear that I think that has an enduring quality. Um, and you know, obviously, there could be a war or something that would change it. But I believe that right now, take it to the bank, Donald Trump will be the next president. Now. This week in Congress, we had a demonstration of a fundamental fact, which is that the Democratic Party loves taxes. Uh, They don't care what it's for. It's not that they want the money for spending. It's not that they want welfare programs. It's none of that. They want to raise taxes because they want to raise taxes. Let me tell you how it will be. Here's what happened in Washington this week. It's unbelievable. Started two weeks ago when Biden worked out a deal for a billion, a trillion dollars of infrastructure stuff that he wanted. And most of it is genuine infrastructure, bridges, tunnels, highways and stuff. Some of it's baloney, but much of it's not. And uh, the Republicans said, we're not going to raise taxes to pay for that. We're going to get the money for it from canceling federal programs that have already been voted, but the money hasn't been spent. They got a hundred billion from money that was committed to state and local governments because they were in real financial trouble. Now they're not. They're awash in money now that they've reopened. They don't need it. And secondly, we allocated $300 a week extra for unemployment benefits. And now we're finding that the unemployment is way down and that the only reason it's high is that people aren't looking for work because they're enjoying their checks when they sit at home. So the the Republicans say, let's recapture that money and use it for infrastructure. Great deal. Win-win situation. Biden said, whoopee. (laughs) Then the Democrats came in and said, no, we want to raise taxes. We want the taxes to go up because we believe in taxes. We think that taxes are the best program you can have, a social leveling program. And it becomes clear that they don't care what that money is spent on. They don't care that it goes to the poor. It goes to help people. That's fine with them. The important point is because of envy, jealousy, and revenge, they want to tax people. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. And I'm wondering what it is I should do. Yes, 
So we, we were just talking one moment to the break about the incredible situation in Washington where the Republicans are confronted by the Democratic demands for higher taxes, not to build infrastructure, not for welfare payments, not to close the deficit, not to pay off the debt, but because they want higher taxes because their goal is to make the rich poorer as by any way that they possibly can. They're, raising taxes is their objective. And one of the big things for us Republicans to understand is that's really what we're up against. So give me a call, 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-WABC-9222. Do you agree with the way I opened this show, which is I believe that Donald Trump is going to be the next president? He's going to be number 45 and number 47. And we'll, let me know if you agree with that. And if you don't, tell me why. And let me challenge you on it. Now, <clears throat> I learned something this week that really knocked me apart. I was talking to experts about big tech, and I learned about machine learning fairness. If you don't know what that is, stick around. It'll terrify you. Machine learning fairness. This is the intersection of critical race theory and artificial intelligence, AI and, and CRT, critical race theory. In 2014, Stanford University developed a program to be able to tell by computer what was racist and what wasn't and to go through millions and billions of pages of text in newspapers, magazines, opinion pieces, uh, posts, tweets, emails, online stuff and identify what was racist and what was not which would provide the basis for automatic censoring of the material uh, by automatic censors who would sit there and feed material into the computer and the computer would decide for us what was legit and what was racist. And the idea was that they fed all sorts of historical documents into the computer and it read everything. So it literally read everything that has been written in the last five or ten years. And it was told that this is racist, this is not, this is racist, this is not. So the computer was able to discern with new material what was racist and what wasn't. This program is called the Machine machine Learning Fairness. And it is the algorithm that is used by all of big tech to censor the Internet. Uh, and it isn't just words, you know, like the N-word or something like that. It's, it's ideas, it's thoughts, it's concepts, it's, it's rhetoric, uh, it's stuff that a layman or regular citizen would never recognize one way or another as racist or not. And that is how the machines are censoring us. Uh, they're taking the guidelines given them by the arbiters of social media and of big tech, and they're, saying that this material should not be permitted. Uh, it literally is a form of high-tech censorship. So it's critical race theory and artificial intelligence merging to create a nightmare scenario of people who are monitoring us and controlling what we do. Every breath you take. That song is so applicable. 
Uh, it's not like some guys from the NSA are monitoring you. That's hopelessly old-fashioned. The modern, modern thing is a computer is monitoring you, applying standards it was sold uh, to everything that's said, and it deletes and blocks out anything that it doesn't like. And just think how easy that would be to extend to a totalitarian situation, much like we have uh, in in China. Um, let's go to uh, Jimmy in Throg's Neck. Hey, Jimmy. Right, Mr. Morris, political strategist turned DJ. You have a little DJ in your blood there. Okay. Like the music Even with music, well, yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, the thing is, uh, you got to remember now, Trump will be running as a guy, if elected, will be a one-term president because you're only allowed two terms. Right. But let me just tell the country what it is. You can be elected twice. You can serve one day less than 10 years. So obviously those less than 10 years, those two years have to be you came in as the vice president or the speaker of the house. Yeah, right. Or some catastrophe. People should know that. Of course, we will educate him with this phone call. thing is... Um, I'm I'm really um, against certain things, but to me, when they start talking about, they call, they give it these fancy names, you know, critical race, this yeah. and that. That is flat out child abuse, teaching young kids yeah. that whites are racist. Oh, it absolutely that, that is. is abuse, flat out. You know, yeah. I'm, I was thinking about uh, the impact on children. Let's say <clears throat> you have a kid in the class who's in the fourth grade and he's white. And he's being told that everything he has, everything his parents got, everything he enjoys, his house and everything, is because of the exploitation of people of color. And then go to another situation. One out of every four marriages in this country that involves an African-American man or woman is an intermarriage with a white person or with an Hispanic or with some other, or some other race. So... What are we telling the kid? We're saying your father got where he was by exploiting your mother, uh, and your mother has to hate your father. And what does that do to them? What does that do to their the Oedipal complex? You want to kill your father and marry your mother. What, what does that do to that? It is just outrageous, and you're completely correct. And good for you for highlighting it is what you really have to say it is, child abuse. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. And Unless an act of God or senility makes... Kamala Harris president first, but doesn't matter. Trump is going to be the president after that. You call him 45, 45th president, we'll get it straight. It's 45, 47. But John in Westchester isn't so sure, so let's hear what he has to say. Hey, John. Hey, Dick. Nice listening to you. Thanks for calling. Hey, my uh, my concern about Trump, and uh, I believe he uh, was good for the country and very disappointed lost. But two things, his lack of self-discipline and his me, 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 narcissistic attitude kind of turns off a lot of soft, white-collar, college-educated people who otherwise, I think, voted for him 
in the first election. Yeah, John, you're, you're completely right. And when I was polling for him in the, in the 2020 campaign, we would do what every pollster did. We'd say, do you approve or disapprove of the job Donald Trump is doing as president? Then we took those who said they disapproved. And we said, what don't you like about him? Do you disagree with his policies and some of his actions as president? Or are you turned off by his personality and temperament? And ha- over half of those who voted against him said the second response, personality and temperament. So the obvious question is, why doesn't he change? Why doesn't he become nicer and more polite and all of that stuff? And at first I wondered about that as I got to know him better in the White House. And then the answer came to me. He could never be nearly this effective if he changed his persona, assuming he even could. Take Kim Jong-un in Korea. Why did they suddenly stop launching missiles for the three, first three years of the Trump presidency after they launched dozens of them, uh, ballistic missiles? The answer is that Trump, Kim Jong-un made a speech saying, we have a red button now we can push. And Trump came back and he said, hey, Mr. Kim Jong-un, I have a button a whole lot larger than yours. <laughs> that is not a diplomatic response. It's not the kind of stuff you say in the UN. But it penetrated. It got through to Kim. And we had relative peace with North Korea during his administration. The Republican Party is incredibly fractious. They're always killing each other. How did Donald Trump get every single Republican to vote in favor of his tax cut and the most dramatic change in federal policy and spending and taxing in in over 50 years? How did he do that? The answer is by terrifying them. Uh, there were two senators, Floyd Flake from Arizona and um, and I forget who from uh, Tennessee. And uh, they both were uh, going going overboard against Trump and saying we're not going to follow him and he's not good and we oppose him. And Trump literally drove them out of politics. They both lost their primaries because the president intervened against them in a primary, something that never happens. Donald Trump is a uh, is a loose cannon. He's he's the bull in the china shop, and it isn't pretty. It isn't nice, but it works. I wrote an ad for him in the 2020 campaign that called him a bull in a china shop. I said, it's come to that. What's Washington has come to? It takes a Donald Trump to get stuff done. And we're so polarized and so screwed up as a country that it takes someone like him with his personality to make it happen. And it does. You cannot divorce the means from the end you end up achieving. But Rob in Garden City has something looming on the horizon that he thinks can stop Trump. Tell us about it, Rob. Oh, absolutely. Trump had three magnificent years. In year four, he walked into the trap set for him by the medical establishment, which is totally corrupt, and the vaccine industry. And the warp speed program is a disaster. Uh, As of Friday, over 9,000 Americans are dead. Of course, the CDC every week puts out their report. Very esteemed doctors and scientists believe that's undercounted by 10 times. We have hundreds of thousands of injuries. Let me stop you there. Um, start, look at the big picture. There were there 700,000 Americans who died almost of COVID. And developing that vaccine very quickly and getting it out there is an achievement of government that essentially ranks with the Manhattan Project to develop the bomb before Germany and uh, Japan did. It is one of the greatest achievements of all time. 
Now, I know that they had to rush the, uh, the, the safety procedures, largely because the safety procedure is we wait 10 years and we see if anybody died, uh, because we, we have to wait a certain amount of time to understand how it, what happens. And it is not 9,000, but there are a number of deaths, a number of illnesses. Uh, but to say that this is a trap, this is one of the greatest achievements any president of the United States or of the world has ever made. The world owes Donald Trump three and a half million people's uh, d- dead bodies as a tribute to what he was able to prevent. Let's go to um, Judith, who says that Trump can ensure – how can he ensure one person, one vote? Hi, Judith. Hey, hi, Mr. Mars. First of all, I'm hanging on. I'm listening. I want to tell you something as far as Donald Trump goes. Donald Trump goes. Action speaks louder than words. That's what comes to my mind. Because Even his Trump's words. Policies, <laughs> well, Trump's For anything policies to speak louder are, than Donald Trump is hard, but you're right. <laughs> but hey, no, well, action speaks louder than words. What I mean is Trump's policies were fantastic, and he is nice where he has to be nice. He's got a great heart. And I think just people are just echo chambering stuff that they hear. They don't even know what they're talking about. When you really come down to ask them, tell me one, give me one example. They have no example. They just repeat echo chamber nonsense. Thank thank you for saying that. Uh, Let me tell you the personal story. As I guess, I don't know if you know, but on March 29th, my wife of 46 years, Eileen, had a stroke. And uh, President Trump has called her four times since then. Uh, to ask how she is and to talk to her at length, uh, literally four times. And I'm not a campaign contributor. He doesn't get any money from me. Uh, this is entirely an act of compassion. And he likes Eileen a whole lot because she really did some great stuff for him in the campaign. You remember the ad that went on where they call a police headquarters and a precinct and the phone just rings and nobody answers and a voice comes on and says, because of funding, we can't answer your call. Uh, dial one to report a rape, dial two to report a murder. And then they come on and say, or oh, leave a message and the wait time is now an average of five days. Well, Eileen wrote that. And uh, Trump knows that, and he is just a wonderful sweetheart of a guy, um, just absolutely incredible. Yeah, you, you, could, you said it absolutely right. Now, I've been wondering, Randy of Jersey City said that the greatness of any nation is inversely proportionately relationship to the relative size of its, but screen cut off there. <laughs> what is it, Randy? What's its? Oh, hello, Dick. Hey. Dick. Yes, I um, got you. My exact, my exact uh, and highly plausible theory is that the greatness of any developed nation is inversely proportional to the relative size of its government. And I don't live in of its government. City, by yeah. the way. And, yeah. I, and I do want to add that socialist regimes are always controlled by rich and powerful people. Yeah. And that uh, yeah, that's our how worst they became rich and powerful. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You and know, our worst, and our worst institution. Our worst institutional enemy is the, is the ever-increasing size, cost, and intrusiveness of our own yeah, government. You got that right, Randy. Let me tell you a story that, that really illustrates that very well. You remember back in the uh, nineteen back back in the Bush administration, uh, the the hurricanes that ravaged the Gulf Coast and uh, and really were inflicted unbelievable damage. Uh, Katrina and and the others. Well, I'm friendly with 
former client of mine, the governor of Alabama. And uh, he said he saw the, the, the hurricane coming and he knew it would screw up the Alabama coastline on the Gulf of Mexico. So he said, I'm going to institute measures before the hurricane really hits to protect them. So the first thing I'm going to do is that I'm going to go around the world and buy these sub oceanic walls that, you know, you sink in the ocean and it goes down several yards and it really keeps the turbulent surf from messing up your beaches. And he went and he did that. And uh, the FEMA said, no, you can't do that because you're buying up the world's supply and other states are going to need it. So we won't let you do that. He said, all right, okay, I can understand that. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to uh, have spotters out on barges, and when they see accumulations of oil and stuff like that, I'm going to have them act and work to eliminate it. And they said, no, no, you can't do that because the chemical we have to use is in short supply. And then finally said, okay, I'll do the last thing. I'll have people walk the beaches, and when they see oil slick and uh, and stuff from the oil spills caused by the storm, I'm going to send them out to pick them up and to clean the beach off manually. And then OSHA said, oh, you can't do that. They'd have to work too many hours outdoors and in the sun. <laughs> Can you? I mean, that's what government does to stuff, just totally screws up things that you ought to be able to do. Uh, let's go to Andrew in New Jersey. Hey, Andrew. Hey, how's it going? I think uh, with uh, Trump's bombastic personality works both ways that um, the lawyer, civil rights lawyer, he's on Sean Hannity's show, who's a Democrat, an African-American who did not vote for Trump, but he said a lot of his friends and relatives like Trump's per- personality and liked them, and he was surprised by that, and he would ask him why. And he said that they all liked that he wasn't a phony, that yeah. he came across he's, as... He is who yeah. he is who he is. And in private, he's the exact same as he is in public. Um, <laughs> he used to... We, we'd go into a meeting, and he would give the same speech in the meeting he gave in front of the rally. And I quoted what Queen Victoria said about Gladstone, her prime minister. He addresses me as if I were a public meeting, <laughs> which I think is really very much what, what Trump does. Um, absolutely. And uh, Ted, Forest Hills, what's, what's, you what's on your mind? So much. I get President Trump and Aristotle confused. I believe that President Trump is the master of those who know. He is the only person in this Milky Way, 200,000 light years, it's been adjusted to 200,000 light years, who can save our country. He'll build the weapons necessary. Yep. He'll fight uh, chemical and biological warfare. And I am so glad, moved to tears, that he will be president again. God bless the country. God bless President Trump. Yeah, you got that right. You know, there's a lot of evidence that China is contemplating war with the U.S. over uh, Taiwan. And uh, and that I would hate the idea of having to depend on Biden to deal with that. Trump can deal with it. Now, Biden has a new idea uh, for uh, for how he's going to deal with crime. He's he and the left Soros have funded district attorneys all over the country, particularly in L.A. and Philadelphia, who are literally pro-crime. They literally have programs that are that really help the criminal more than anything else. 
L.A., for example, has a law three strikes and you're out, three felony convictions, and it's a life sentence. Uh, but the prosecutor asks to ask for it. And the prosecutor there, uh, George Gascon, has never asked for it, refuses to do that. Uh, there's another prosecutor, Larry Krasner, who, uh, who is, who literally has gotten campaign contributions from the attorneys for defendants who are on trial for murder and other stuff. And there's one case where a guy used an AK-47 to kill the owner of a deli and rob him. And, uh, Philip Steinberg gave, Kras- gave, uh, Krasner's campaign money and he's the attorney for the guy who represented the killer. And he got off with with just three and a half years instead of the life sentence he probably deserved. With a little luck, we can help it out. We can make this whole damn thing work out. With a little luck. With Krasner and the other DAs, you don't need a little luck. You just need to have given them campaign contributions. What Biden is planning is to name U.S. attorneys around the country who will follow that model. We'll talk about it when we come back. Stick around. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. This is really serious. The left is doing this, and it's 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 undetected, it's under the radar, and the media is not covering it. Everybody talks about how crime is going up, and the criminals are going going free, and they have a variety of causes they cite, most of which are left wing Democratic policies. But one of the great examples of this is that George Soros, the billionaire who funds much much of the radical and extreme left, has put. Has put millions of dollars in camp to campaign contributions for real dedicated hardcore leftist Marxists who are running for district attorney. And they've gotten elected in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, and a host of other cities. In fact, in San Francisco, it's the, uh, the district attorney is named Chelsea Bodine. And uh, the name sounds familiar because Kathy Bodine, her mother, was uh, part of the Weather Underground and was locked up for life. And when she was locked up, uh, uh, Chessa, her daughter, was adopted by Bill Ayers, the weatherman underground guy, and Bernadette Dorn, the terrorist woman. And uh, that's the loving couple that raised this kid. And she is literally letting them out of jail as fast as she possibly can. Uh, Philadelphia has an anti-gun violence task force that's been disbanded. Uh, the, the policies that these folks are pursuing are beyond belief. And Biden today announced that he is going to follow that model in the U.S. attorneys who he appoints throughout the country. He's going to look out for defense attorneys, civil liberties advocates, people who basically want to end, in his words, mass incarceration. Well, mass incarceration is because we have mass criminality. And the fact that a disproportionate number of the people in jail are African-American, okay, 85% of the dead bodies that are subject to murders that are found with bullets in them, dead, 
are themselves African Americans. And, and the, the, it's not racism. It's just following the crime and following the evidence. And these folks are running on a platform, a platform of more crime. And their effort is to attenuate and limit the efforts of the criminal justice system to prosecute this stuff and to keep our people safe. Uh, and that's where they're coming from. And now Biden is going to try to replace the 70 or 80 U.S. attorneys around the country, not with skilled prosecutors, not with dedicated uh, attorneys, but with those who are, make excuses for crime and do everything they can to keep people out of prison. You know, and this gets into the other question, which is gun control. The left is absolutely dedicated to take guns out of the hands of everybody except for the people who really use them. Uh, those who go out hunting take away their guns. Those who shoot for sport take them away. But those who go out and murder people don't take them away. Don't touch them. They're against stop and frisk. They're against mandatory minimum sentences for having a loaded handgun in New York City. Uh, they're against uh, any of those measures that really relate to gun control for people that are going to misuse the guns and use them to murder people. Uh, and yet they go right ahead and they do that. Uh, let's go to Joe in New Jersey. Hey, Joe. How are you? Yes, how you doing, Mr. Morris? Doing good. You know, if, if if I see four more years of administration like this, I think America is finished as a nation. The, the enemy, it, it's just weakening this whole country. They're destroying us, and it's easier for our enemies to destroy this nation. And I love this country, and this station is doing a good job bringing us the truth. Well, thank you. Uh, absolutely. And don't don't give up on the country yet. Uh, Trump made us pretty secure and pretty strong. And it'll take a while for even a conspiracy of the, the current politicians to bring it down. But there is one big, big hope. We are going to win Congress in 22. Uh, we're going to win the House uh, because the average gain of the out-of-power party, that is where the president is a Democrat and the House is Republican or the other way around, is uh, the average gain of the out-of-power party is 20 seats. And uh, we just need five seats to be able to win the election. I misstated that. If the Democrat is the president and the Democrat controls Congress, the Republicans have an average gain of 20 seats. There have only been two elections in American history where the out-of-power party did not pick up House seats. One was 2002 after 9-11 when people rallied around the Republicans in Bush, and the other was 1998 in the Monica Lewinsky impeachment where the public was so disgusted with the Republicans going after Clinton over that that they uh, actually voted for the Democrats, even despite the scandal. But we're clearly going to win in 22. That trend is enormous. And then you have about 20 retirements or promotions running for other office for Democratic congressmen. And about eight of those are in districts that went for Trump. And uh, we're probably going to win those seats. So uh, we're in very good shape. And in terms of the U.S. Senate, uh, I believe that the uh, Warnick seat is going to go Republican. I think that Kelly in Arizona will probably be defeated. Uh, and there might be one or two others. Now, there was a caller who called in, and she unfortunately, I think, had to go. How do we overcome election fraud in this election? Because I continue to believe that Trump, in fact, carried 
uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, uh, Arizona, and Pennsylvania, but that he was, he was cheated a bit, uh, largely by paper ballots, not machines so much. Uh, and, but the answer is that the Supreme Court has now opened the door to let states control the elections in their states. And the odds of the Democratic bill passing, H.R. 1, uh, that would federalize that, I think, are very remote at this point. And you can see the desperation of the Democrats that their favorite law is going down. Well, if you ban uh, no-excuse absentee voting, and if you require photo identification to vote, and if you require photo identification to register to vote, uh, and you require signature verification on the ballots or the last four digits of the social number. Uh, they're going to be honest elections. Uh, there's nothing inherent about a paper ballot that makes it terrible. And uh, I believe that we have a, a very likely to have an honest election coming up. Alex in Manhattan, I have about another minute. What's up? How are you doing, sir? Thanks for having Great. me. Quick question. When, when Trump wins again in 24, he's going to have a lot of work to do, you know, because this regime right now, this administration, I think, is more uh, uh, more damage. They're causing more damage than right. even Obama did. Um, when he returns things back to a good baseline, how can we ensure that even after his uh, second term uh, or third term, if you look at it that way, as president, um, you know, how can we sustain some of his great policies? Because this time they well, turned everything over with executive because, orders. What can we do? Well, because it's going to take a long time. Uh, it takes a long time for this stuff to catch on. And uh, Trump really prepared it. For example, he built 500 miles of wall. You need about 700. Uh, you can build 200 pretty quickly. It's seven. It's 500 that takes a longer time. And that's a metaphor, but it's completely true about other areas. Trump began, got the ball rolling, began the process. Biden is trying to stop it and roll it back. He won't roll it back. He will succeed in stopping some of it. And remember, in 22, we're going to take Congress. Uh, this guy has a year's lease on life. Uh, the Biden administration literally will go out of office uh, in November of 22. Uh, we won't formally take over Congress till January of 23, but once the politicians see the votes, they'll see the handwriting on the wall and go along with Trump's measures. So, um, love talking to you. This is great. And I particularly love the stuff I learned from you all on the show. Thanks, and have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.